How would you like to know the opportunity cost of buying in the wrong location? Hi, I'm Jared Krause. And I'm Sam Powell, and uh, we're the hosts of the Property Pals Australia podcast. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing the importance of finding the right location, the opportunity cost of getting it wrong. And I talk about this in the podcast. Um, we reference 10 years, but it's 20 years, and there can be a potential opportunity cost of 900 to a million dollars over a two um, percent differential growth rate in your asset selection so really key to understand um, we also jump into what data you need to check to find the right location like the supply and demand metrics and why they are important with things like vacancy rates land supply um, risks gentrification and and more things like that so listen on in yeah, yeah. We also listed like a bunch of resources that Sam knows. Um, listed out names and places you can go to find all of this data and do it yourself if you do want to do it yourself. Uh, we listed out so many different uh, other things other than what Sam just mentioned in the vacancy rates and land supply. Like this, Sam is a great knowledge resource on this as well. So there's a lot in there. Uh, we also talk about why you are responsible for your investment even mm. if you are using a buyer's agent as well and why it's important for you to know some of these metrics to fact check before you make the final approval like, yeah, this is a good this is a good location to, to buy in. It's your so, money, your call. Exactly. So this is such a valuable episode. I'm sure you guys are going to love it. Let's dive in. Welcome to Property Pals, the podcast where we share everything around how to build a property portfolio from researching areas, financing, structuring, buying, selling, and reinvesting to live a life of financial independence. As a disclaimer, any information shared by myself, Jared, Sam, and the Property Pals team is strictly general and should not be taken as constituting professional advice. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, and taxation advice from a qualified professional. Welcome back to another pod, everybody. Hey, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Yeah, hope you're doing well and you're ready to buy some properties here. We've got so much to speak about. In this pod on locations, mm-hmm. I know a little bit, but not enough to be dangerous, and you know enough to be super damn dangerous. <laughs> so teach me some something on this Teach. Pod. Well, yeah, that's what we're here about, the education, uh, legal education. So um, locations, what makes a good one? That's your question. That's, that's my question to you. Yeah. Uh, so, I have. A, I know there's a few things that I would like in my last couple of properties that I knew that I needed to have as a bit of a criteria on location. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so much in it, actually. And we rattled off. Well, you rattled off so many things. So when some when you when you realize right, I've got borrowing capacity. Oh, that's where the, the confusion starts. Well, yeah. Well, guys, if you haven't got our um, borrowing capacity, um, how to increase your borrowing capacity resource, make sure you get it from um, our site, propertypals.au. Uh, get that. And once you realize what your borrowing capacity is and you've got that maxed out, and you're like, all right, I, wanna, I need to buy somewhere. So you got you got your location and then you also got that property in the location. And we're going to talk about yeah. the property in the location and how to choose the right asset after this pod. Yep. After this episode, but once we've got our money, we're like, cool. I've got say five hundred k. How do I? Or where, where where do I buy? 
What, yeah. what do you look, what, what's, the, what's the starting point? Yeah, so uh, it's, it's common confusion. So a bit of coaching comes into this part with, with people. And um, uh, the biggest thing that I look at is the opportunity cost. So when I was starting my investment journey, it was like fantastic. I've got $500,000 to spend. <laughs> Where do I spend it to increase my return on investment mm. in the, the short term, the medium term, and also long term, right? Yeah. So... You have this fifteen. There's over fifteen thousand suburbs in Australia. Is that all? <laughs> so, that's all. <laughs> so, um, you know, where do you start? And you, from the location uh, perspective, you just work your way down. So, there's a lot of different data houses that are out there that are really great at analysing the Australian property market, all the way down to a suburb level. Okay. But the key um, for, for me is finding the the location, like the local government area. So that's um, like say we're in the Gold Coast here, that's the you know, Gold Coast City Council local government area. If you're in um, Brisbane, it's the you know, Brisbane City Council local government area. So they're quite large and they, um, they're really uh, like all the ABS data and everything like that points you towards certain locations. So you're looking at different demographics. Um, you're also looking at, I guess it's the, you're getting a little data nerdy at this stage. Yeah. But for, for Joe Public, yeah. That's way over your head, right? Correct, because that's where I start to tune out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's heaps of um, a lot of uh, say buyers agents. They they tout themselves like this is their bread and butter. Like they they know where the next hotspot is, and that's what's getting everyone's attention. This is mm. probably going to be a controversial little pod, maybe. But I mean, good because I think what most people this is like big the big big question that everybody's got once they've got money or pre-approvals like right where do we go yeah so controversy is good so you guys can make up your own decision on what where to buy so yeah how 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 do we do it like what so for for joe public for the average joe you've got fifteen thousand suburbs how do how do how do i narrow it down well you can do it yourself or you can lean on a professional to do it for you so um Obviously, working in that industry, there's a lot of uh, a lot of the buyers agents, specifically on the investor um, front, are generally in very similar locations at any one time because that's where the data is pointing them. Mm. So you can get a lot of free resources by going to certain buyers agents' websites. They might have hotspots. There's also um, a lot of different data houses, like businesses that specialize in just analyzing locations. Um, so, just for an example, like Terry Ryder at Hotspotting, he uh, releases a, a quarterly report for uh, different growth suburbs for certain price points, and that's what he does every single day. So, he's really good at picking those types of locations based on the data. Mm. Um, there's also uh, another gentleman, Kent Lardner from uh, Suburb Trends, and he's uh, you know massive amounts of experience. He used to work for. Uh, logic and price finder trying to analyze locations and he's wow. um, built a business at the back of that wow. um, then there's there's many more than that so there's different websites suburbsfinder.com.au they're membership based hashtag analytics um, is another one that you can look at you know, sort of the, the data side of it and also Jeremy Shepard from DSR data they're membership based websites that range from say 60 to 250 dollars a month mm. um, but still, you're going to be getting a whole bunch of data, which could get lost in. So, so maybe we should get some of these guys on the pod, on the actually. Pod. Yeah. 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 Shout out to everybody 
Uh, guys, if you guys want some of these guys that we've mentioned on the pod, let it be known to us so we can take screenshots of the emails or the comments that you send to us and then put them in the inbox of these 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 guests um, yeah. as, as, as bait to get them on the podcast, basically. Uh, so, all right. There's all these places that I can go to. For me, I kind of I kind of go look. There's people that have a whole education and a whole career around asset, um, actually finding the right location. Mm-hmm. I typically go to uh, a buyer's agent, and we'll recommend some buyer's agents as well, guys, later on, um, in other pods and stuff like that. But what are some of the things that Joe Public should be looking at once they've got, like, even if they go with a buyer's agent? What are some of the things they should be thinking about, or at least knowing is is good to be looking at? Like, the, what are these data points that we should be? Yeah, so I got a tangent on that one. That was a bit of free education, but um, I guess check out those um, people that I mentioned. Um, if you want to go ahead and do it yourself, there's a lot of great information there, um, and at a low cost too. But yeah. generally, from the location perspective, you're um, looking at you know, to find those locations. You're looking at things like days on market. You're looking at like basically the supply and demand levels as the overarching uh, principle of it, and then also going further into well, what's the future plan for this type of location? So by that I mean you're looking at what the you know, future development uh, potential is for that whole local government area, what the infrastructure spend is going to be, um, and why there is prospective you know, growth going to go through that. Location and as an example, there is a uh, inland rail that's been approved in Australia. Some people know this, some people don't. That's connecting uh, basically Queensland down to Melbourne, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of those um, regional towns that are on the outskirts of that that are you know going to be great um, beneficiaries of all that infrastructure spend and connection for people um, throughout Australia. Mm-hmm. Places like Albury, Wodonga, Toowoomba, as an example. Um, they're on those uh, near those stations, and that's going to help with all like say logistics and also people traveling. So things like that are really important. Okay, you just did people a massive favor. You just dropped two locations. <laughs> Ooh. This is what people are coming here for on this pod. Well, the secret sauce for me is okay, and like, guys, by yeah, by the time this comes out, it might be a different area. Yeah, as well. yeah, they generally change every sort of like three months or so, yeah. um, three to six months, and. Uh, like say Toowoomba for example that's come off like a really low growth period over the past 10 years mm. so generally um, locations if they've done nothing it's kind of like investing in the share market right if you're into those uh, like looking at the charts uh, if it's done nothing for a long period of time there is like well what's the chances of it doing something in the future and that's when you're looking to that data point and you can see okay so there's these different resources that you mentioned before, and you mentioned a bunch of things like uh, your government area, area population, days on market, all that sort of stuff. Like, what's the what's the nitty gritty for somebody who's like, all right, fifteen thousand locations, fifteen thousand suburbs. You've mentioned two. How did you get to those two? Okay. Uh, what are the, what's the data that you saw that that we should be looking at to find those? Like, it's yeah. How, yeah. how do you how do you just go from fifteen thousand locations to like maybe ten? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you start narrowing it down. So this is where the data point. You're going to have to 
you know, go in your back pocket, spend a little bit of money um, to, uh, to get the data, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. But the key areas that I like to look at are yeah, days on market, so having below 60. Okay, question. below 60. Cool, yeah. Below 60, um, below 60 days. Yes. Why, why below 60 days? Because it's showing that there's a reasonable amount of demand. Properties that are taking longer than two months to sell, it's just an indication that there's not a lot of demand in that area. And that's, yeah, yeah there's this... I mean, you can go more risk averse and try and find locations that have done nothing. And for me, you're kind of taking a punt if you're going over that. Um, and you know, to each their own right. I'd rather invest, you know, for the long term and have you know good confidence. Mm. So that's why I say sixty makes sense as well. If something's over sixty, I guess I'm thinking about comparables, which may actually be a bit different. Um, yeah, so. Once you find a, a, all those, so you narrow it down to the suburbs that have an average of below 60 days on market and then you narrow it down further, right? Yeah, so no, oh, that's, that's one of many. So That's one of many, the, yeah. the key so what's, the next, what's the next one that's going to narrow us down? Well, that's getting into the, like, the, the buy-demand levels. Okay. So you can see like I aim for average to high buy-demand levels um, because that's obviously showing you know, future growth prospects because people are flooding into that area. And how do, how do we know what... Um, average to high looks like in terms of an actual number. So that's coming into so the daily market and then um, the inventory levels. So inventory levels are basically you know, how long are the properties that are on the market going to take to sell. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I've got like a, a bar of I want to try and um, make sure that if all the properties that are on the market today, if there was no more added, they would be sucked up within three months. Okay. So that's that's the goal for me. Um, and any above that, then you're going into, it's just like you're going high days on market and things like that. So the demand level is not as high. Okay. Like you've got to put a line in the sand somewhere. And for me, that's where my comfort level is. Okay. Average to high inventory level. Yeah. So inventory level three or below. Yeah. Below three is probably the, the real target. Um, so below three months to basically suck up all the inventory that's in that suburb. Mm. Um, and another key area that I look for for locations is population. So Ooh, yes, um, 50,000 people is my absolute minimum. 50,000 people in that location. And how in, in how big of an area? So that's the local government area. So local government area. So uh, all right. So that's like basically the Shire. Yeah, so say Toowoomba at the moment, um, that's one hundred and twenty-five thousand plus. And why? And why? Why? Um, no more than no minimum of fifty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, and come once it comes up. Why Is not? that because of the demand? Well, just like it's, it's, it's be diversity. Hard to sell and stuff if you need to. Or yeah, diversity of employment. So mm-hmm. if you've got um, too little people, then. Um, Population growth compounds, right? So uh, yeah, it's not going to grow as fast. It's not going to grow as fast, yeah. but also, like, um, for me, those locations that are under 50,000, you're going into too regional, and in the event of a, a pullback in the in the market, which often occurs, it's generally, I mean, every 10 to 18 years, you have a, a deep um, pullback. Like, you look at, in 2008, we had the, the GFC, right? And then in, yeah. in 2000, we had the dot-com bubble, mm-hmm. and then we had the 90s recession, you keep going back through time. And there's multiple pullbacks. Um, yeah, multiple pullbacks that last, say, two to four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
that's how I invest because I'm more risk averse and I don't I'm not going for the home run where you go and invest in I mean Gladstone at the moment is on a few people's lists but um, you know, Gladstone in 2007 people were flooding in there because they were getting twelve you percent know, yields mm-hmm. and the, because the, of the the, buy, the, the mining boom, boom. Yeah, yeah correct so um, and then same thing happened in, in WA yep yep yeah. exactly so um, those places obviously it's been what's that 15 years now so yeah there's a lot of fear around those locations because of what happened however they've also gentrified they've changed population has gone up so um, and that kind of leads me to say like 50,000 people you've at least got a number of different um, employment hubs so it's yeah. not just a one a mining town or a farming town so to speak um, so that's the metric there the other thing which I just jumped on was the gentrification part yeah gentrification so, I didn't even know what this word was up until about <laughs> like two years ago. Um, and, and especially where we live on the Gold Coast, it's like definitely becoming gentrified. Like it's harder for people to live near the beach because of cost of living. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, do you want to discuss what gentrification is? And it's a big, long, fancy word. Yes, yeah. makes, <laughs> makes people sound smarter, but it, it's it's really just uh, places moving from a lower socioeconomic to a yeah, medium to high, essentially. So okay. that's the change. I mean, there's probably a more accurate definition you could do. <laughs> that's how I see it anyway. Because, say, everyone who's listening to this, you know areas in your um, vicinity where you're like, oh, that's the ghetto, right? That's, yeah. That's a bit of a bit. <laughs> yeah. We don't go there because we probably get sold. Which is where, where I live now used to be <laughs> yeah, a yeah. ghetto. Like, it yeah. used to be very rough. So... Is that 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 beckons a question? You know, we're not going to go and tell people to invest in the ghetto, but like, how do you know when to invest in somewhere that's up and coming, or like, what's what's what do we need to be looking for with with gentrification, and how do we, what sort of data points? Well, it's kind of common sense for me, really. Like, um, the public housing levels are something to definitely monitor, but so how many how many uh, establishments are public housing? Yeah, how many people in that, say, suburb are, um, you know, living in houses owned by the government? And what percentage would you want? i say 15 or below. 15. Below, below 15 is the key, and that's that's pretty high. So mm. um, it depends on your risk appetite, but different price points too. Like if you've got a maximum budget of $350,000 um, and you want to buy an established house, um, you know, you, you're going to be looking into locations that do have good public housing. Mm-hmm. It's often not a place where you um, want to live, but you're investing to make money, um, and for those price some, points, and so. some people may actually for where they can afford rent, and that's the location that is right for them yeah. based on where they're at financially. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and if it's their brief, if they if they're looking for cash flow or to increase their um, portfolio, they need to have assets that have a decent cash flow component mm-hmm. because when they go again to build another property banks going to look at well what's your cash flow if it's negatively geared mm. your cash flow is going to be um basically telling the banks that you don't have enough money to service a future loan you so basically own a liability not an asset yeah well it's increasing in capital value however the cash flow component is yeah it's going to hold you back from mm. number two and three and like borrowing capacity yeah, borrowing capacity wise, and hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, get that resource, guys. Oh yeah, how to maximise your borrowing capacity? 
that was good. Um, so where am I? Gentrification, yeah. So is there a cap? Is there a cap? Like you say, no, no more than fifteen percent um, public housing mm. in an area. But if there's like no public housing in the area, does that mean just don't go near it? Oh no, it's gravy. Okay, cool. Oh, cool. So gravy means good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not if you're allergic to gravy. Like yeah, myself. yeah, yeah. <laughs> gluten free over here. But, um, yeah. So common sense, like if you've got, if you're looking at an area that's got high public housing level, but all around it is yeah. low public housing, that's that gentrific- gentrification effect because those people that um, live in there, their rents start going up because the demand. Um, people with the higher pay packets that can either afford higher, afford higher rent mm. or, or want to um, buy a property, they're buying in there and doing them up and increasing its value. So those people that are on that public housing banner, um, generally they, I mean, it sounds kind of bad, but they get, they get pushed out over time Yeah, because um, governments that own assets in that location, they sell them down. And then they um, they're always buying assets in different locations to house, house these people, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of like that whole gentrification effect. It takes years to happen, but we've all anyone who's listened to this knows there's locations that you grew up in that where, no, good. where you were like, oh, we right. don't go, we don't go there, yeah. and now you're like, how the hell did someone just pay a million dollars to live in that ghetto? Stevens, yeah, for us it's yeah, Stevens Street yeah. in uh, like Varsity. I was actually looking at buying my first property there for three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and if you look at that's like that's in Stevens Street. I think it's still in the four two two eight postcode. Yeah, well, they changed it. It was Stevens as a suburb. Was yeah. it Stevens? Uh, they they merged it. They just basically put Varsity Lakes and Burley, which are two different suburbs, and just and had them merged together over the top of this suburb that had yeah. a bad name. Yeah, just because the, it was like the. Well, for me, I was even when I was back when I was a young fella, I was still looking at that and going, "Well, do you remember I got punched in the head? Yeah, there? Yeah, 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 through my car window. Yeah, like there was a bunch of guys that what must have been like eighteen. I don't think we were drinking, but it was like I don't know. Well, you were driving. So I was so. driving. Yeah, it was like fifteen or twenty people running like- after my car, throwing stuff, and then somebody like ran, like punched me. Yeah. In the head through the car window. Yeah, we were just having a chat and this yeah. dude just punched him and then someone threw a can at the window when yeah, you were yeah, yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just being in the suburb. So uh, yeah, that was the ghetto. <laughs> but now um, <laughs> Now, yeah. yeah, you're buying a what probably like more than one mil for a property there. Yeah, a decent one. But um you, So you that's know, gentrification. Yeah. That's yeah. gentrification. And it's you sort of look around it and go, Well, I don't want to live there. If you're sitting there thinking I wouldn't live there mm. But I'd live there all, all the way around there because it's quite nice. I go and buy there because that's a good location. Yeah. Okay. You you just got to stack up saying, well, if I'm going to go and live there as my own occupier, I've got to live for a few years with you know a little bit of ghetto ness going around. Yeah. Me. A little bit of a rough rough street down the road. Yeah. But there's yeah. but you're surrounded, but you can see it because people are um, renovating houses around you. They're increasing that wealth. That that minimum local government. Area population is above fifty thousand. Uh, days on market's good. Yeah, in those areas, um, vacancy rates are low. Vacancy rates, yeah. I oh, say so, so. We haven't even touched on vacancy rates. Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about like what's a good vacancy rate? Uh, I aim for three percent and below. And vacancy rate is is obviously rent. Yeah, yeah. So the so, number of properties that are in that area that are like listed for rent compared to the number of properties that are actually in it, so that 
if there's a uh, hundred houses in that suburb mm -hmm. and there's uh, three that are um, up for rent, mm -hmm. uh, we show a vacancy rate of three percent. Okay. Uh, the reason why I say three percent is that's a leading growth indicator because it's a tight vacancy rate, which generally leads to there's only um, three available houses to rent. People are trying to get in there and they're going to pay a higher rent. The demand. And so the demand goes up and then often you get the shift of when rents keep going up, renters turn into owner-occupiers and owner-occupiers are the emotional buyer and that mm -hmm. grows capital value. Mm -hmm. um, at the moment in Australia, I mean our nationwide vacancy rate is sitting around 1.2%, so record lows and Buy anywhere in Australia then. I mean, this is <laughs> just joking, guys. Just joking. <laughs> Don't do that. God, the, yeah. um, that's like that's sort of the key uh, issue in Australian politics. I feel at the moment is that, um, and why I'm so bullish on the property market is that we record low vacancy rates around Australia. People mm -hmm. are living in cars, caravans, tents. And um, we've had a massive supply constraint throughout this, you know, COVID lockdown, you know, control the people period. Uh, of <laughs> and also, and also through that, there's other things like um, inflation, harder for building mm -hmm. costs, and there's a lot. There's a lot in that. It's, yeah, well, it's a shame. Supply levels were tough, right? And then you've got tradespeople too, where there's not enough tradies at the moment in mm -hmm. Australia to um, service people's needs. So. Their hourly rate goes up. Obviously, if they're in high demand, you put your rates up. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm seeing, like the underlying core issue in the market. That, uh, yeah, it's it's really sad to see. To be fair, like people are struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then from a asset selection point of view, those that have the smarts to save enough money to get into the property market, uh, they're going to do quite well as a result of it. So it's. Unfortunately, that classic case of the rich get richer and the, the poor get poorer. Yeah. Which side of the fence do you want to be on? Which is why we need it. Which is why we're here to educate people so they can jump onto um, building their own resources so they can help more people. I guess. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you know, lifestyle by design as well. Yeah, that's a bit of a that's sort of the underlying issue that I guess you and I want to really hit home on is it's up to you to do something. No mm -hmm. one's going to come and hold your hand and, and give you this. You know perfect lifestyle like yeah. get off Instagram watching bloody people do or TikTok videos dancing that's not contributing <laughs> to you know your, your overall well-being it's just you're just consuming um, so yeah sorry. yeah well, I, well, I could go down a rabbit hole on the toxicity of, of social media and, and, and content consumption but vacancy rates below 3% um, we've been through yeah days on market vacancy rate um, diversified employment, diversified employments, uh, population, um, inventory, yeah, inventory levels, uh, uh, average to high. Uh, I, in my head, think about the big thing, uh, and I know we're like this is not maybe not in a chronological order for everyone in terms of like what data points to 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 touch on. But when when I was looking at the properties that I would get either from you or, you know, on the other property that I purchased, development development potential, uh, what, you know, what is the, like, how do you find out if an area has good development potential? Yeah, and question. what is development potential? Is that like, yeah, you mentioned a rail before, but is it like other things as well? Like, do you want high rises in the area or do you want 
schools, hospitals, yeah, things so, like that. Yeah, good point. So obviously we're just we're having a bit of a rift here, but uh, it yeah, schools is a great thing for locations. Um, having a good quality school and being you know close by it, it helps to I guess um, not only job diversification, but you know people are obviously needing to be educated. Um, state schools, if they're higher performing state schools, they actually, people actually move there for to get into that catchment. So mm. they're happy to pay a higher purchase price. Mm. Um, sometimes there's data that proves these facts, uh, but um, it's not the only thing to focus on. So it's more of just a, an additional layer that you look at the schools, having hospitals as well. Generally there's a lot of employment around hospitals and they're, they're um, safer employment levels because it's, it's health. In regards to what happens in the economy, that um, yeah, that people still need doctors and nurses to look yeah. after themselves. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's basically. Would you classify that as government infrastructure that's already in place? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All, all the um, so uh, in southeast Queensland at the moment because the Commonwealth Games, uh, the Olympic Games going through in twenty thirty two. There's a big push for infrastructure like around road widening, heavy rail, light rail through the Gold Coast as well to basically connect people um, from the public transport perspective because it's getting so dense that you know, driving a car around um, is not where they want us to be. I mean... You, I'm just laughing because you try to get a park around my place. Oh, it's mate. So nightmare. Yeah. So it, 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 as you know, like, even people in Sydney, they often... Like, there's houses that I'm uh, buying at the moment that don't have car space. Whoa. Yeah, and people are paying millions of dollars for these things. We've had a car space. Yep. Yeah, go to Mar- check out Maroubra at the moment and uh, like Bronte, Clavelli, like beautiful places, multi-million dollar price tags. Some have no car spaces and that costs you know, about $100,000 to try and put a car space in. Okay. Yeah, so it's... Um, but that, that's just the, that's the norm there. And mm. for Sydney, Melbourne, they're used to that connect connectivity where yeah. they can just jump on. And um, I mean, it... it Probably makes for a nicer lifestyle because you're not getting in the car every time to go anywhere. Yeah, I guess. To each, to each their own, obviously. Very, very, yeah, very different from, from where the, we live. So, having, so I guess that's one metric as well, like public transport. Yeah, yeah, public transport. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's kind of getting into more like that asset selection type, which uh, we'll cover next, which yeah. is, um, yeah, once you find a property, once you, once you narrow down your location, then you can jump into, well, that's sort of where my skill set is is really strong because I feel like all these data houses, um, I mean, they're, they're collating all your online search interests through, say, like realestate.com. There's a company called the Demographics Group with Bernard Salt um, and Simon Schustermarker. He's, uh, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but um, really intelligent people, but they're actually tracking like where people are going and the population flows and where the trends are heading. Cool. So, um, that's really key uh, to understand, well, where are those growth prospects? And, um, you know, you can probably catch them on a few podcasts or you know, check out the website, Demographics Group. Um, we've got no affiliation with any of these people. It's just, you know, this is what I've learned throughout my time. Yeah, yeah, cool. So those future, like, government infrastructure, having government infrastructure and, and finding out future development potential uh, is going to uh, move... And I help you understand that it's going to be capital growth, like just capital growth prospect for that location. Mm. Uh, so what about rental appraisal? 
is that is that a part of well, it's probably getting more into your into asset. asset selection yeah yeah, yeah. but um, we'll jump onto that but those those key areas so making sure that um, the other key thing to focus in on is the supply risk for that local government area which I haven't touched on but um, if you're looking into if all your data or is pointing you down to a certain location zoom out and take that longer term mindset whereas if there's heaps of land supply that's surrounding that area Developers are going to come in. They're going to see opportunity. They're going to cut up those farm farmland, and then increase the, I guess, the, the low density housing that surrounds it. So you call this land supply? Yeah, land supply risk. Um, so that's looking at, yeah, how much more supply is going to come to the market over the next few years, which is going to cap your land growth because. Demand will be less because well, you've got more stock available. The supplies, supplies more. Yeah. Demand could stay the same, even if demand increased it, but then supply also increased. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be at, at that similar um, growth rate. Growth rate. Yeah. If you, if it's constrained, then um, yeah, you're increasing your chances. So all, there's no guarantees in anything. Yeah. When somebody when when the government's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna build this rail or we're gonna do this, it's not guaranteed until. Work starts really. Yeah, well, they they approve it, so they've approved all that inland rail stuff. Um, so it's going ahead. <laughs> the budget's blown out, but that's every government project. People mm-hmm. generally go in and. and they it's almost it. every project, though, right? Like even just the renovation on, the ha- on a ha- your own home. That's another good point to sort of focus in on too. Is there's a lot of government incentives, and just sit back and try to remember all the government incentives that have been pushed through in the past and how that worked out, often it doesn't work out very well. So there, <laughs> there's like um, the NRAS scheme that came through, I was working on that uh, back in 2010. Uh, basically, that was a national rental affordability scheme. The whole idea was to you know, you know, discount housing um, or basically subsidize housing for investors and renters and mm. anyway, it, it led to a higher rental population and, and then, you know, lower demographic um, regions resulting and also all those projects were house and land packages so that people were buying these house and land packages out in boom the boonies or whatever mm. and getting really poor capital growth mm. so yes they housed people for a short period of time but they had um, 10-year leases um, on them through the NRAS which you know, really capped their capital growth so that's one there's the um, insulation scheme that went through that ended up you know, costing a lot of money. There was the insulation that was put in, uh, ended up having like fire hazards. And now you're seeing this big solar push. Everyone go get solar. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Um, uh, I guess I'm going on a tangent here, but um, just be, be mindful. Um, even the first homeowner scheme, like people are going into these locations because they can, they're getting that initial cash injection from the government, but they might have to buy brand new. And it's uh, like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool, well, you're buying brand new because you need that extra cash to, to get into it. However, your capital growth is going to be you know, really poor compared to other areas because you're on the outskirts of a location with further land supply. Yeah. So you might buy that now and then in 10 years it might grow 10%, mm. but another location could have grown 100%. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just think think that in mind and that's why I talk about <laughs> that land supply risk. There was... Um I think our mate Parker, shout out to him, uh, was mentioning, I think, I don't know whether it was a conversation that you were involved in uh, or he was mentioning it to me, maybe on the phone, 
around he had a conversation with you around if you buy a property that is out a little bit with the location um that like one percent growth rate compounds like one percent growth weight rate like decrease or increase can compound either way to a massive different capital growth rate or you know um capital appreciation or or rent appreciation do you want to like i i, I think that you might have some maths around it like, yeah. yeah so yeah. like i'd love for you to share because i don't we, i don't think we've even had this conversation so yeah it was basically off the top of my head it was um it's like a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar purchase if you had seven hundred thousand dollars to pay for a house mm. if it grew at five percent over a 10-year period um or seven percent a 10-year period it worked out to be close to a million dollars in um you know in the difference in, in capital value million dollars so five so from five percent growth to seven percent growth roughly obviously this is not <clears throat> this is going to be different between suburbs and asset and everything you buy but on average it could be a million dollar difference between five to seven percent over a 10-year period yeah wow yeah. that's the conversation i'm recalling it but yeah a two percent growth rate differential over a 10-year period for that like 750 purchase price yeah it's compounding right yeah yeah yeah. so that's what we talk about opportunity cost um mm-hmm. actually probably should i've got a calculator a compounding growth calculator that um, I mean, you can even Google compounding growth calculators, but go ahead and, and do it and go, well, if I buy an asset for 750 and it um, compounds at two at 5% per year, what will the price of that be in 10 years' time? Yeah. And then do the same, but just do it at 7% growth rate, and you'll see it's hundreds of thousands, if not a million bucks mm. in that. Op- that's the opportunity cost that I talk about with people. So for me, I sit back and go, well, yes, you can do it by yourself. You know, all luck to you. Um, and that's kind of the reason why I'm like, well, there's people that want to do it themselves and that I, I don't want to get in the way of that, but at the very yeah. least, um, get some help, get some, like listen to this podcast. Yeah. All the people that are battled off with those location research reports and like they specialize in that. Obviously each buyer's agent business also specializes in that. Mm. Um, and that's like a lot of the secret source from, from that position. But yeah. now with the increase in, um, content and, um, data, it's very accessible to Joe Public, yeah, um, which is great. Yeah, which is, which is really good. Uh, but just knowing what data to look at, part of the, why we did this podcast, but also how to analyze it. And I guess that's why we'll have to lean into due diligence and yeah. research on the rights buyer's agent, yeah, the person that can help you buy the right location. And that's the thing with buyer's agents too; like they're looking at data and, and they're making a judgment call and. Uh, from what I'm seeing in the industry, I, I might just be more risk averse, but I came through during the GFC period valuing properties and there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of lawsuits going around too. So um, I'm not in here to you know, have a stressful life. I'm here to just enjoy enjoy the ride. But yeah. um, that is kind of the issue is that there's buyers agents that are going into locations because um, the data is showing you know, short-term growth prospects, but I'm asking... What's the medium? What's the long? What happens when we do see a four-year downturn? How's that asset going to perform? And what are your stress levels going to be? Yeah, it's a shame that, that they would be so short-sighted to have good short-term growth so their client's happy for one to four years and then 
if they just leave them in the dark with not, maybe not the best location or asset. Yeah, and this is kind of getting into that, like finding the, the right team to work with. Yeah. And because um, what I've found is that businesses start with really good intentions and then they grow to a point where they've got so many clients in their books that they're just trying to, it becomes more transactional. It's like less quality assurance yeah. in there. Oh, yeah, cool. We'll go up to you know the outskirts of Townsville and Townsville at the moment showing really good growth prospects. However, what about all the natural disaster risks? Are you checking your floods, your fire? Also, if you are on the outskirts of that town, once again, what's the supply risk? Mm. There's so many elements to it that people need to be educated. Even if they're trusting an advisor, they need to understand that it's your money. It, at the end of the day, it lies on you. Mm -hmm. The property industry is unregulated, unlike the financial, like the shares and the uh, financial planning insurance. So get smart about it and you know, ask these questions. Yeah. And if you have any, uh, I mean, if, if as we're always here, so reach yeah. out to us. Hello at uh, propertypals.au. Our, our email, happy to help and point you in the right direction because, um, yeah, it's your money and if you get it wrong, it can cost you tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and if you're opportunity costing over a 10-year period, sometimes millions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think we so, might. Want to leave that? Yeah. Sorry? No, you go ahead. Uh, I would just uh, – you just wrapped it up perfectly, <laughs> really. Let's 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 cap it off there because we, we do want to talk about the asset, choosing the right yep. asset now. Um, so stay tuned. That's the next episode coming up. But if you guys do have questions that you do want us to answer um, – don't just reach out for help, but reach out to ask these questions. So, yeah, check out our site and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks, guys.